0: church weekly podcast we hope you enjoy this message from pastor mark board for any other messages or other resources please visit us at lcboise.com you brought your bible with you got your bible apps get those out open them up are you ready to hear from heaven thank god for his word matthew chapter 16 Matthew, the 16th chapter, is where we want to begin today. Uh, We started a series a few weeks back. This is the fourth part of this brand-new, most excellent, helpful series uh, (laughs) called, The Triumphant Church, and uh, uh, that's a lot better than The Defeated Church, isn't it? (laughs) Than The Weak, Pathetic, Going Down the Tube Church. Uh, We're not a part of that, but we are a part of something very victorious and triumphant. Let's read these verses here once again from Matthew chapter 16. Uh, Notice verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, "'Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am?' So they said, "'Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets.' He said to them, "'But who do you say that I am?' Simon Peter answered and said, "'You are the Christ, the Son of the living God.'" Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven." And so we're we're zooming in on this this particular phrase here in verse 18, where Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell or Hades shall not prevail against it. We are not a part of something that is man's idea, it is the Lord himself building his church, and he said what kind of church we would be that is an overcoming church. Amen, Though, 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 though hell may battle against, it will not succeed. We will always prevail and be victorious. Huh? Why can we be that? Well, we can be that corporately because we are that individually. Huh? Once you came into Christ, you are described as a winner. Maybe you've been told, maybe you've thought of yourself as someone who is, you know, deficient in many areas of life and you're, you've been called a loser and you have failures that you can recall. Yeah, but in Jesus You are victorious. You are a winner. You are an overcomer. And so see yourself that way. And as we gather, as we are a part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ in these last days, we are an overcoming church. And we are victorious. We will not fail. We will not falter. We will not lose. We will not stumble. We will rise up and be victorious because Jesus said we will overcome. And so... Uh, we must be acquainted, we must become acquainted with the victorious entity that we are a part of. We are the church. This is a big deal, you guys. This is not, well, I joined the Y, you know, or <laughs> joined this club or that club. I've joined the country club over here. and uh, No, we're a part of something the Lord himself said would win. And what a privilege, and what an honor. But I think we should understand it. It, be, it would help us to know who, what, when, where, why, and how. What is this thing we do all the time? What did the Lord intend? What was in his mind when he said, I'm going to get my people together? They're going to gather. They're going to do things in my name. Well, what was his intention? What did he design that we should do? And uh, last week, you might recall that we, uh, we were identifying and speaking specifically about the pastoral gift because the church is, one main part of it, it is specifically known by the gift that the Lord set above it, set over it to, to, to lead it. And it's not the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, or the teacher, but it is the pastor, okay? It's a spiritual gift. And I, and I know this, that when we follow that leading and that design of God, we end up in green pastures. We end up beside the still waters with a restored soul, huh? We don't, we, we don't end up living in the valley of the shadow of death. If we ever pass through, it's brief and it's we're out of there, <laughs> right? But we don't make, we don't set up shop there, right. buy a vacation home there. Where do you live? Oh, in the valley. <laughs> Which valley do you live in? Yeah. Shadow of death. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard the phrase, location, location, location? <laughs> What are you doing there? Because your shepherd did not lead you to buy that property. (laughs) Amen. Uh, But I know this because of the great benefits that this produces in the life of every believer. Um, I know that the enemy will work hard to separate people from that gifting, from their connection to the local church. He will work very hard to get people to to find a good reason to disconnect. And we should recognize what it's designed to do. It's designed to harm us. Eventually, it's designed to get us out of God's perfect will and His best. And we should resist it at all costs. Amen. And and so, uh, I know individuals, sometimes they have questions. And I've heard people say, well, I just really don't know. I don't understand uh, why, you know, the leadership of a church. Why did they do this? And I just don't get it. Well, that's the point. You don't know. (laughs) How many know sometimes in life there are things we don't know? And to make a decision, any kind of serious life decision based on something we don't know is rather foolish. It really is. I mean, Proverbs said it this way. Uh, It says, uh, to the one who answers a matter before he hears it. To him it is a folly and a shame. So we never want to make big decisions on partial information or a lack of information and you know sometimes things can't be shared about everything. Because there are other people involved, other individuals that could be hurt with the ex- of, of, of certain things and so uh, just understand there is God's design and there is an enemy that comes to try to separate us from his, uh, one of his primary methods of getting stuff to us. All right, Our good shepherd wants to lead us in the right way. Again now, why do we gather? The church of course is a victorious entity. We live in what's called the church age. It's a very unique place time in the history of mankind and we're a part of it. It's a great time to be alive. It's called the dispensation of grace. But the Lord uh, called us the church and again I make this reference continually that it had inference not just of an individual being saved but it had to do with individuals that are saved coming together for his purposes. All right, so why do we gather? What's the purpose? Why did the Lord want us to get together? When we, when we gather in times like this right here, what did he have in mind? What are we supposed to do? Okay, and I mean beyond, well, we get together because the Lord told us to. Well, we should be obedient to whatever the Lord tells us to do, but I think there's a, a benefit to having greater understanding. What are we to do when we're here? Is that... Is that deep? I think sometimes people say, what do you mean, why do we go? I'm just going. Uh, I'm just going to church. Is that okay? Can that be enough? Not if you want to get the maximum benefit out of it. All right? And so I've, I, I've identified four things that are, that are to be a part of what we're doing or the reason why we gather. They're all reaches. Okay? We are to reach. And I'm going to give those to you right now. The first one is this, is we come together in order to reach up. We come together in order to reach up. Specifically, what I'm talking about in reaching up is worship. Okay? It is worship. We were called to come together for the purpose of worshiping God. Let me give you a couple verses. Jesus said, Matthew chapter 4, when he was resisting the devil verse 10 then jesus said to him away with you satan for it is written you shall worship the lord your god and and him only you shall serve so that's the word of the lord that we are to do what we are told to worship god it is not something that should be optional. We shouldn't see it as, well, I don't like to, or that's not me. No, we're told by the Lord, you shall worship Him and not worship anybody else. Well One of the things I've recognized about worship is that if you don't worship God, you will worship something else. Amen. Now, it might not look the same. You may or may not sing a song to them. you may or may not bow your knee and lift your hands or something of that nature. However, if you do not worship God, you will worship something in life. It's kind of part of our DNA. We worship stuff. Yeah, and much of the stuff that we can worship in life will mess us up big time. But if we will worship the Lord, oh, good things result from that. Amen. Amen. Good things. We're told to worship. And then Jesus said in John chapter 4, verse 23 and 24, uh, but the hour is coming and now is. Now stop for a moment. What What is that reference? That reference is he's about to go to the cross and be raised from the dead and the church age is going to start. The church age is what we live in. He said this is what's coming. This is what's about to, come, what about to happen. He said when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Amen. Amen. So, if you ever felt yourself to be in a position where you were seeking God, that's a good thing. But know this if you will just worship him, he will seek you. Yeah, he'll find you. He's looking, he's going to search you out if you will worship him in spirit and in truth. Huh? This is one of the reasons we gather. Are you seeking God? Amen. Are you worshiping Him? Are you calling on His name? This is one of the the most intimate aspects of a relationship with God. If someone says, I'm saved, uh, I have a relationship with the Father through Jesus, uh, but they don't have a worship experience and life on a continual basis Their life and their relationship with God is nowhere close to what it can be. You're not even hardly scratching the surface. I mean, you might genuinely be saved, be forgiven of your sins, but without worship, you don't know what it's supposed to be. Okay? I'd be like married people with no sex. Just kind of seeing what kind of response I'd get from that. A lot of uncertainty. (laughs) <laughs> Not sure what to do with that. <laughs> but, but, but how many know, in God's design, there, we, ha, we all have relationships of various types and various, but there is an exclusive relationship called marriage. And within that relationship, different things are supposed to happen. And without those things happening, you wouldn't really call that marriage. Huh? I, I know some guys thinking, yeah, you're reading by mail right now. <laughs> Sorry, sorry about that. Uh, but, but, but what I want you to get is this. What I want you to get is your rela- relationship with God needs to have worship. Otherwise, what is that? That's what, it's, it's a huge part of that relationship. And it will cause you to know him, to experience him. And it's a spiritual relationship, but it, 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 it presents and creates that ability to draw near and draw close to him. Amen. outside of that you can't have it but even within the relationship you must have it we gather we get together with the intention with the purpose of worshiping God someone might say well I worship God alone just by myself not in church I doubt it just telling you what I think I doubt it I doubt it happens very much at all all right. Usually when someone will not worship the Lord in a corporate gathering with the corporate presence of God, they don't spend much time on their own worshiping God. They just really don't. And, uh, and if we can't do something here when we're surrounded with uh, people of like faith and like mind, people filled with love towards one another, how are we going to live for God? How are we going to take a stand for him and be bold elsewhere? well I'm concerned about how, my reputation and how I look and, and these kind of things. Well you can stop that though. You can stop being concerned about that right away. It would help be helpful to you. You might experience God on a deeper level than you ever have. We were called to worship Him. Amen. I, I remember in, in, my, uh, in my personal relationship and experience with the Lord uh, I was a you know, very nominal Christian for a long time uh, growing up, and I don't mean that I didn't go to church, I didn't read my Bible, and didn't do th- different things like that. I did all that, but I I, I severely lacked um, an intimacy with God and a often a zeal and a fire for Him, but I noticed something changed, uh, and I was in college. Um, here, I was 17 years old. I was young when I started college, and because I was really smart. And uh, that's not actually the reason. It's just a late birthday. (laughs) Um, Have fun with me a little bit, you know. (laughs) But I I, I would get in, and I started, I had this stirring on the inside of me uh, to draw near to God. And I just, I have this urge. I would get in church, and prior to this, I was... Self-conscious, wanted to look cool, worshiping the Lord, you know, worshiping God, I'm going to church, but nothing beyond the movement of the mouth, you know, and, uh, but I had this urge, I would, I wanted, I wanted to, to, uh, to know him more, and something inside of me kept, I had this desire to do this, serious people weren't making me do it. I couldn't have given you verses on it back then. I just had this desire to do this. And so, at first, honestly, I was self-conscious of it. I'm thinking people are watching me, and they're not. i get in church, and I'd sing the songs, and I'd close my eyes, and I'd go like this, and it felt so good. Seriously, it was amazing. I'm like, nine not two hands, that would be way over the top. That, that's fanatical, Aww. crazy people that lift two hands. But I got one out of my pockets. And I would worship the Lord. And seriously, then I'd go, I'd go home. And home I had a couple roommates. I'd go when they weren't there. And, and they didn't know this. One of them, they go to church here now. And now they know because for first service. This is 30 years ago. This is 30 years ago next month, okay? And I would get in my, my apartment there down by the beanbag chair. You all know about those, right? And, and I'd get on my knees, and I'd lift my hands. I couldn't wait to get home, get alone, and lift my hands. And I'd start worshiping God. I worship you, Lord. I praise you, I praise you. Then I couldn't wait to get to church. Why, for what part? I don't remember the teaching at all which doesn't, you know, give me confidence right now. <laughs> but I do remember this. God would would deal with me and I couldn't wait to get in there and lift my hands to him. And as I would worship him, I tell you something happened in me. There was something got lit. I was going a totally different direction in my life. I wasn't going to be in the ministry. I didn't even know what that. I didn't know about that. Something got lit. A spark and it started to burn. It got hot. And I kept going, kept going, kept going. Then I ended up in Bible school. And then ended up in ministry. And now I ended up in voice. Now I'm preaching and stuff. You know, and have been for a while. But you know where it started? I discovered and walked out the plan of God in my life through worship. That's what triggered it. Uh, someone says, I wonder what good what the Lord has for me. Well, here's a thought. Worship Him. Worship Him and He'll lead you. Worship Him and you'll know. Worship Him and you'll be on the right path. I don't know anyone who has a great relationship with God that doesn't love to worship Him. Yeah. We're called to do it. It's a part of who we are. And, and, and it's one of the reasons we gather so we can do this together. We can worship the Lord. Amen. Well, if I do that, someone says, am I going to end up a pastor? <laughs> Some of you probably will. <laughs> but it's not about that it's about finding whatever God wants for you for your life and uh, but honestly it's about it's about honoring him it's about taking this relationship to the next level it's about seriously doing the right thing when you come to church can I encourage you when you when we have services together at very minimum why are you coming let this be your answer I'm going to worship God that's not the only thing but I'm going what what are you going to do I'm going to go worship the Lord Say, well, can't you do that in your home? Certainly. Can, should, uh, but the Lord wants us to do it together for some reason. He really does. It's His, His design, His intention that we would gather together and we would all lift our voice in one accord and worship the Lord. Good things happen when we do. Hallelujah. Well, that's a whole message all by itself, but let's go on. Number two, we gather together to reach up in worship and we gather together to reach in to reach in, and I'm talking about personal growth and being equipped. We are to, well, we, we, we come because we are supposed to get something from the Lord. We are supposed to grow. How many know salvation is not the end of the journey, but it is the beginning of it? It's not when I made Jesus the Lord of my life, now I'm done. How I many know if that were the case, you know, we should just. You know, hey, everyone, anyone want to receive the Lord today? Pray, amen, see ya. I mean, you might as well go to heaven. But that's just the beginning of our life here with Him here on the earth. We receive Him, but then we must grow from that position. Salvation is received. There needs to be growth. If you don't grow, you will miss out on, uh, on some of your purpose for this life. There was an assumption by the Lord in designing you and planning a future for you and providing gifts for you that you would grow to a level of being able to handle them. So God's plan for your life did not presume that you would remain in a babyhood state of Christianity, but that you would grow on to maturity. For if you would not grow on to maturity, you could never do and never experience the fullness of what he had planned for your life. So the reason some miss out on the fullness of God's plan revealed and the fullness of His design coming to pass is because they don't grow to a place where they can handle it. A a child can have a very happy life, can enjoy life. Children can uh, have a lot of fun. But how many know there are many things in life that a child will not experience? Why? You just can't at that age. You must mature in order to be able to have certain freedoms, to be able to do certain things in life. You must mature and then and only then can you participate with certain things that are, you know, a part of adulthood. That is also true spiritually in our lives. If we do not grow and get to a place where we can experience and handle and have certain freedoms that are afforded to the mature, then we will just miss out. We might not even know they exist. Salvation is the beginning point. Salvation, we start, we make Jesus the Lord and Savior of our life, and now, Lord, take me on. (laughs) Let's go somewhere from here. I want to continue down this path and grow. Yeah. How do I grow? Well, I certainly need to get good food. <laughs> I need to eat, right? I need to get sp- good spiritual nourishment. I need to be able to rub shoulders with people who sometimes rub me the wrong way and deal with it properly. The one who never deals with it properly, they stay in an immature position. The one who deals with it in a mature, loving, forgiving uh, sort of way, they grow and they increase. Yeah? Yeah. And that's one of the reasons we get together, because sometimes we annoy each other. Yeah. Now, don't do it on purpose, but every time it happens, guess what? We've just provided someone an opportunity to grow. You're going to stay mad at me, dude, or (laughs) you're going to stay annoyed? You're going to stay away because of this, or you're going to grow? You're going to increase. Hallelujah. And so Ephesians chapter 4, I want you to notice these verses. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, it reads, And he gave some to be apostles, and some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God. Till we all come, notice that, uh, to a perfect man, that means mature, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children. Who? Who should no longer be children? Believers. She's talking to Christians, okay? Tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. What are we called to do? We are called to grow up. We are called to grow up. So make sure, here's the basic word, in short, sum it up. Make sure when you come to church, you come to get something. Yeah. See, just see how easy it could be for a person to just come without real, without any major purpose, without giving it any thought. Well, I'm just going. Well, why are you going? What are you going to do when you're there? Well, I'm going to sing. Singing's not the same as worshiping. And worship is not the same as watching. I watched them worship. Good for you. You shall watch the Lord your God, and him only shall you watch. Uh, no, come. I'm going to worship God. And you know what? What else am I going to do? What else are you going to do? I'm going to get something from him. See, that's not that's not selfish, but you know if I'm not blessed, I can't be a blessing. If I don't know something, I can't share it with someone else. If I don't get victory, I, I can't be an example to lead someone else into victory it is godly it is right for all of us to come with this as part of our motive part of our reason I am going to get something from God today I am going to hear from heaven I'm going to be fed his word I'm going to get answers and direction whether it's the teaching whether it's prophetic utterance whatever it is I'm going to get something from God be determined I tell you not only is that right and is that godly and we are, we're all supposed to do it, do you know how much of an atmospheric difference that makes in a church? Yeah. We know it. When people come to worship, get ready. I mean, you're, you're about to be blown away by the power of God. When people come to receive from God, And say, Lord, I'm going to get an answer today. I'm going to learn something. I'm going to grow. I'm going to be corrected. I'm going to be instructed. I'm going to get something from you. And everyone comes with that heart and that hunger and that desire. That is a faith-filled atmosphere. And you want to make a preacher happy? (laughs) Come with an expectation for God to move because it becomes the easiest thing in the world to deliver then. You can deliver the goods and they're spot on. They are accurate. They're precise. They come with power and anointing and demonstration. And that's the atmosphere we want. You guys act like you really like this. (laughs) Yeah, it's good. It's good. And I came here to get something, and I won't be turned away. I came here to hear from God, and I will not be denied. I will receive of the good word of the Lord, and my life will be changed, and I will grow, and I'll be challenged, and sometimes I'll be tweaked a little bit, but I'm going to go higher from this place. So we come to reach up. We come to reach in. Are you ready? And we come to reach over. We, <laughs> we come to reach over. What do we mean reach over? Everybody reach over and touch somebody, mess up their hair. Say? Sorry, but preacher said I'm supposed to reach over and touch you. <laughs> reach out and touch someone. Reach over. What do I mean by that? I mean it is this. We are called to love and to serve one another, okay? Our purpose is worship. Our purpose is receiving from God. Our purpose is each other. We come here not just for our own benefit. We come here literally for the benefit of someone else. And if if nothing else happened in your life today that you could, you know, identify as a real important moment or something you really got, but you could say, you know, but I helped this person in their life. I was able to serve this in this area. I contributed to the service in some way, and people got saved. I, I gave of myself, I, I, I lent a hand. I helped in some capacity with others who are in the family. That was God. That was totally God. Amen. Sometimes, I mean, we'll identify. Yeah, I was in a service, got called out, my body got healed, heard from heaven, saw three angels, fell out on the floor. It was glorious. Amen. Woo! But then we define moves of God that way. And we think, unless it was some outstanding, amazing, visionary experience, then God didn't move. How about this? I went to church. Did, did you hear from God? Well, I don't know, but, but there was this person that was really discouraged and I got to have a conversation with him and talk to him. And I, I smiled at him and, and I would, be, you know. And God moved. Yeah. I'm telling you, that is just as much God. Yeah. That is just as much God. And that's part of why he wants us to be together. If we didn't gather, you'd never have that opportunity. But we come together to love, to serve. Jesus said, John chapter 13, verse 34, a new commandment I give to you that you... Love one another, as I have loved it, Loved you, that you love one another. Just one commandment, <laughs> think we can do it? Galatians five thirteen. for you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. What are we called to do when we get together? To serve each other. Anything I can do for you? Hey, anything I can help you with? Hey, you need anything? Can I get this for you? Can I help you? Do you have a need over here? Is anything I can do? That's the heart of God. And we get together and he wants that atmosphere to permeate our, our gatherings. We are here for each other. Some of you serve in an amazing way. You're on the dream team. You are making this happen. Way to go. But if you're not formally yet a part of that, you're not in some ministry, even today before you leave, see if you can find someone you can do something for. Just help someone somewhere, somehow. If it's as simple as being an encouragement and a smile and a friendly face, that's a good thing. I think it's a God thing. We gather together to reach over and serve each other. And then number four, we are here together to reach... Some of you are hesitant on that now because you thought that was number three. <laughs> we gather it because we are to reach out. No doubt, we are to reach out. What does that have to do with? It has to do with winning the lost, reaching the unsaved, talking to people who are not yet in a relationship with God. And uh, I, I know this, that we might say, well, isn't most of our outreach or reaching out, doesn't that take place outside of a service? And I think that's true. I wouldn't dispute that at all. But, you know, even within the walls, so to speak, we see hundreds and hundreds of people coming to the Lord every year. Yeah. And so there's a lot of outreach happening in the services. And that's because we're reaching out beforehand. We're reaching out during this time. And I really believe this, that, that people around all across our, our auditorium, during our services in our kids' area and in the the youth, the cafe, all the different things going on, that all has a part to play in people ultimately coming to a position where they make Jesus their Lord. It really does. Sometimes a friendly handshake and a smile and a warm greeting makes all the difference in showing people the love of God. To when the gospel is preached and I count to three and pop my hands together, bam! They've been impacted by a number of people in a number of different ways. We've created an atmosphere where God can get through to people. And then they're reeled in. Amen. And come into the kingdom of God and come into a relationship with him. But this is really, really important. We have a message. You have a message. It's the love of God. It's Jesus died for your sins. It's he was raised from the dead on the third day he's alive today he wants to have a relationship with you you'll put your trust in him you'll be saved forever come on we have we have a a message we have a a message that has to get out jesus told us in mark chapter 16 and verse 15 go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature go where into all the world well some part of the world is where you are some part of the world is where i am some people are going to travel and go great distances but we're all in different parts of the world he said what are we to do there were to preach the gospel. What's the gospel? I am going to tell someone about the good news. Good news, (laughs) prison doors open, man. You can walk out. Good news, sins have been taken care of. You can walk free. Good news, all the stupid things you've done, He's not holding them to your account any longer. He has washed your sins away. You can come into a relationship with God today. Come on, we can all, have, we can all share that message in some way, some form, fashion, some fashion, but it is absolutely essential. He has called us to come together so we can share this, we can talk about this, we can motivate one another, and we can reach out. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 reads, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Why did he say the power would come upon us? I know, again, we like to think, oh, the power came on me. Woo, I feel it. Yeah, we, have, we talk about experiences of God's power. And that's fine and that's wonderful. I love to experience God's power. It's a, it's a very cool thing. Huh? However, what was the purpose of the power? It's so we would be a witness. You want to have an experience with God? Have a, have, a, have, a, have a, as many experiences with God as you possibly can. But it's designed to empower you to be an example, to be a witness, to be a light in a dark world. Huh? And if we don't ever carry it to that intended end, where well, we got power, but we don't do anything with it. What's the purpose of that? Huh? What a waste of power. Power to be a witness, but we don't ever say anything. We don't ever show anyone the Lord's great power and love. Amen. Now, this is a responsibility of the whole church. Every single individual. I would just ask you today, how serious do you take that? Is that a big deal? Does that mean anything to you that the Lord said, you go, you speak, you share, you be a witness? Uh, The church should never stop growing. There's no shortage of lost people. There's no shortage of people who need the love, the power, and salvation of the Lord. We should never stop growing. There's always someone else who needs to hear. Say, I think we're big enough. We're not, because I haven't found that verse. I've found that verse that says, now when you get to this size, slow down. (laughs) Because you don't want to, you know, you don't want to, I don't know. (laughs) No, there's always someone else. There's always another person. As long as there is one more to be saved, we need to engage. Amen. And you know what? Here's the thing. We can we can and should do all these things now. Well, I'm gonna one of these days I'm gonna start worshiping. No, no, no. Go ahead and start That's right. now. now, don't watch, worship. Don't just sing worship. Uh, We should all be growing, pressing in and stretching so we can uh, reach out inside and and experience more of God personally. Start now. It's not some point down in the future. We should all be serving one another. Amen. We want to help you to, to find your niche and to find your place. If you're not in a position where you can effectively and continually serve others, I want to tell you it's the will of God for your life. It's the will of God for our gathering, and you know what? We're all called to reach out. I know that looks different for a whole lot of people, but don't put it off and say, "Well, when I, when I get done with this, and when I accomplish this, uh, when I get to this point." You know, I've seen individuals that get, that receive uh, the Lord, and immediately they start sharing what happened to them, and other people want it immediately. They don't know Genesis from Revelation, they don't know First imaginations from Hezekiah. You know? I mean, they just don't know these, but they they know the Lord did something in my life, and I want to tell someone about that. And they get mightily used of God. I remember when we were uh, a couple years ago at one of our camps, one of our, our kids' camps. Uh, they, they had the children coming uh, in, in one of the service to receive the, the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And the kids came down, and then the, all the the, those who were the adults who went to help and to lead, they stood up on one side and they were all gonna pray for them all to receive this experience from God, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And, and one of the individuals, I don't even know who this is, in case I'm looking in your direction, I don't know, but uh, uh, one of the individuals, one of the, uh, one of the adults, uh, said to the leader, other leaders, they said, I don't have this yet. And so they said, well you get on the other side then. So yeah, that's aw- that's awesome. So, that, that person went and got in the line with all the kids and received the baptism in the Spirit, spoke with, spoke with other tongues, and then flipped back around to start praying for others. <laughs> I tell you, the, the, the things of God, they can be received and immediately put into motion. You can immediately start being used of God. It's not some long process. Where God can never do something. No, He's called us together today. And we can, we can start doing all these things now. Amen. And if we are, let's be let's stay stirred up and take it up a notch. Praise God. Father, today I thank you for working in us. I thank you for your life that works in us and your Holy Spirit that surrounds us. We hope you enjoyed this message. Find our other messages on iTunes or visit our website at lcboise.com and follow us on social media, Life Church Boise. Thank you and have a blessed day.